Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. This is a side of you I've never seen before. We say that sometimes when someone who is usually mean acts kindly, or when someone who is normally kind acts in a mean way, when someone who is usually generous is all of a sudden stingy, or when that stingy person is usually generous, or when someone who is generally quiet and shy speaks out, or when the loudmouth has nothing to say, when the procrastinator gets something done early, or when the early bird has to pull an all-nighter, you get the idea. We don't always act in character, but which is the real you? Is it the person you usually show, or the person that only occasionally slips out? Is the side of you that slips out a mistake? Or what's always there, but you've gotten really good at hiding it? What you may see may not always be what you get. Well, today in his transfiguration, Jesus shows Peter, James, and John a side of him they haven't seen before. Or have they? Or have they? At Christmas, we hear from this same John who saw Jesus in his transfiguration. And he says, The word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. The tabernacle was the place where God dwelled with his people. It was a holy place. And at the center was what was called the most holy place, where the Ark of the Covenant, the throne of God, was. But nobody got to go in there and see that glorious throne and place. Only the high priest, and he only once a year. When he did, he didn't stay very long. Just long enough, really, to splash blood on it. The blood of atonement. But though that inner most holy place was something that most people would never see, the tabernacle was still a glorious place. Because God's mercy was there. Because it was the place of forgiveness. It was the place where a holy God came to holy his people. Most people never got to see the ark, but they did see sacrifices. And they received forgiveness. And when the mobile tabernacle later turned into the permanent temple... It was the same way. Which should tell us something. That the glory God wanted his people to know. Was not the kind you see. 
but the kind you hear. Not an impressive, awe-inspiring show to dazzle the eyes, but the proclamation and giving of forgiveness to soften our hearts. The reality that this glorious God is not just being glorious, but doing glorious. Lowering himself, giving of himself, having mercy, forgiving sins. To raise us up from death to a new life. So when Jesus is transfigured on the mountain that day. It's as if Peter, James, and John are allowed in to that most holy place. The holy of holies. To see the glory that is normally hidden. But always there. So in a sense, Jesus was showing them a side of himself that they had never seen before. But also in a sense, he was not. Because Jesus had been showing his glory all along, just in a different way. He wasn't being glorious, but doing glorious. Lowering himself, giving of himself, having mercy, forgiving sins. Lowering himself to the lepers, the prostitutes, the demon-possessed, the outcast, the unwanted. The blind, the deaf, the lame, the widows and orphans. And he raised them up to a new life. He loved, he healed, he forgave. And it was glorious. And then Jesus did glory most of all. When he ascended the cross and splashed his blood. The blood of atonement for the sin of the world. For every sin of every sinner who has ever lived and ever will live. No sinner excluded. No sin that wasn't on him. To holy us. To be the sacrifice for all to see. So when John would later write, and we have seen his glory. Was he talking about the transfiguration? Or the cross. Glory seen. Or glory done. Maybe one way to think about this is with the president. There's a lot of glorious looking stuff with the president. He gets to live in the White House. He gets to ride on Air Force One and in the presidential limousine. He gets to meet foreign dignitaries, host and go to state dinners, have special ceremonies in the Rose Garden. He has secret service protection and lots more. But if you were to ask any president of whichever party, what was the most glorious part of being president? I don't think he would say any of those things but rather what he did, what he accomplished while in office. Not the glory seen, but the glory done. A lot of which we probably never get to see. But Peter, James, and John, they got to see the glory of the Son of God that day in his transfiguration 
But it was really a side of Jesus that he had been showing them all along by the glorious things his glorious did. The glorious things he did for the least and the lowest, not for himself. So Peter wanted to stay there in this glory that he could see. Of course he did. Maybe the others did too. To get away from the constant flow of people who were coming to Jesus and crying out for help. Get away from the demons who kept shouting out at him. Get away from the Pharisees and the scribes who kept arguing with him all the time. Get away from all the hassles and interruptions and troubles and busyness and stay here. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, nice, maybe. But not what Jesus was all about. Not what Jesus had come to do. It was important for these three to see Jesus like this. Otherwise, Jesus would not have shown them. It was important for them to know that the man who would soon be hanging on the cross, bloodied and beaten and dying, was this same Son of God. It was important so that they would know the glory of the cross. That the cross was not just a man being crucified, but God laying down his life for the life of the world. All the other mercy shown and glory done, culminating here with this, the most glorious act ever and of all, the creator dying for his creatures. Listen to him. The voice told them from the cloud. They fell on their faces, terrified. So Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. The glory was gone. Or was it? Or was it just beginning? And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. How hard that must have been for Peter, James, and John. It's hard to keep secrets and not blab. And I wonder if they did or not. Or if they told the others. The disciples all messed up a lot. We shouldn't assume they actually did what Jesus said here. But the point is clear. This is not how Jesus wants to be seen or known. Not yet. That day is coming. But first, we must see him on the cross. First, we must know him as the crucified one. We must have his blood sprinkled on us. The blood of atonement. He must die. So that we can be glorious too. For that's why he came, not just to be glorious, but to do glorious for you, to holy you, that you be sons of God too. And you are. You may not look it. After you were baptized, there was no glorious transfiguration for you. Or was there? Maybe not that you could see. 
But as Peter would later write, Peter, who was there on that mountain and saw that vision, as we heard earlier, he said, we have something more sure than what we can see. The prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, until the last day. So you may not have looked any different before and after baptism, but the word says you are. You are now a child of God. You are now holy. You are now forgiven. You have an inheritance in heaven. And one day you will see all that when you are raised from the dead. But for now, the light we live by is the word of God. Not glory seen, but glory heard. And glory lived. Done. For like Peter said, it is good to be here. Good to be in the glory. And it would be nice to stay, wouldn't it? Nice to get away from all the problems of life. And all the annoying people. All the pestering and interruptions. All the busyness and responsibilities and burdens we have. That's not why Jesus shared his holiness and glory with you. Not for limos and glamour and riches and pomp. Though we do have angels protecting us. Not glory seen, but glory done. Lived where God put you. To be glorious for others. To use your glorious standing as a child of God. To help And serve others. Which may look and feel about as glorious as the cross. But don't let the appearance fool you. Listen to him. And you'll see. And you'll know. And you do get a seat at a banquet too. Not a state dinner at the White House or even like on the top of Mount Sinai there with Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Joshua, and the 70 elders of Israel who got to behold God and eat and drink with him. Not that. But you do get a seat at this rather inglorious table where the food isn't that much, doesn't taste that good. You don't even actually get to sit or kneel. You have to stand. But this is glory done. Glory heard, not seen. Listen to him. And you'll hear. And you'll see. And you'll know. The body of Christ. The Lamb of God. The blood of Christ. The blood of the atonement. The glory of Jesus giving himself to you. His forgiveness to you. His life and salvation to you here. That you lead transfigured lives. Glorious lives. So on Wednesday, we're going to enter the season of Lent. The season of Jesus' glory. And its culmination on the cross. Like Peter, James, and John, it is important for us to stop here first on the Mount of Transfiguration before the cross, that we see it rightly. 
that we see the glory of God there for us. The glory of his love, the glory of his death. That when you rise up and go from this place, they come what may in your life, no matter how low, no matter how mean, no matter how unglorious, you know that glory. And in them, you know that when Jesus is there, that place is glorious. So now, with Peter, James, and John, we rise and we go, and we have no fear. No fear to love, no fear to serve, no fear to forgive, no fear of life, no fear of death. For the word of God goes with us. Jesus goes with us. Glorious Jesus. Glory done, Jesus. That we live glorious lives too. Now. And forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.